Hello and welcome to Sideload, the technology podcast from Edelman. I'm Jaden Haynes and our focus today is on the future of tech. We're talking global trends, social media and AI and how they will change and affect the future. Today we'll be speaking to one of Edelman's biggest tech aficionados to hear this thought. Justin Westcott is the newly appointed global lead for Edelman's technology sector and a lifelong follower of the industry. Justin's worked with companies including LinkedIn, Microsoft, and Samsung, but has also played an integral role in the scaling of smaller clients such as Lilium and Kraken. With a wide-ranging list of specialities including Web3 and crypto, Justin is one of the leading experts in the tech industry today. Justin, thanks for joining us on Sideload. Wow, that was quite an introduction. Yeah, really good to be here, Jaden. Looking forward to the conversation. Great. So um, firstly, congratulations on your appointment as Global Chair at Edelman. A big question to start with, what does your vision for the future of tech look like in the short, medium and long term? Wow, you're starting right with a big question. Because actually it's quite hard to answer it in a short, mid and long term perspective. So let, let me just give you kind of my view. And probably this is actually ultimately why I work in technology in the first place. It, it, Ultimately, my vision for technology is the, enable, the, the enabling of a world of abundance. Um, if you kind of think about the fact that at the beginning of the 19th century, I think something like 94% of the world's population were living in poverty. Fast forward to today, and it's now less than 9%. Um, we've still got a way to go, but you know, technology has been the great enabler of an improvement in many, many people. And ultimately, I believe technology is a is, is a is a force, right? I I actually think of technology more as a verb than a noun. It's always moving, always hungry to ultimately, you know, lead to cheaper, faster, better, which, when applied correctly, can actually lead to a really positive world. And look, right now we are we are living in a one. I mean, what a time to be alive, right. Jaden. We we are living we are living in this period of acceleration with so many really interesting and powerful technologies that are all kind of coming together with this with a similar sort of similar points of inflection and, and this is obviously AI and I'm sure you'll want to talk about that a bit more today things like quantum technology synthetic biology nanotech robotics clean tech these are all technologies that have been in development for, for years now, but coming to a point where they are starting to get, um, you know, to, to, to be a point of being quite impressive. And obviously on their own, they are amazing. But when they start to kind of mash together, you get this sort of accelerating, um, you know, this sort of acceleration of acceleration, which I think is really exciting. But it does mean that because of the speed at which these technologies are coming, it gets quite hard to actually make solid predictions of the future. Right. I think back to when I began my career, which sort of dating myself now at the very end of the 90s. It was, you know, just this was when we were all sort of starting to get familiar with the idea of being connected to the internet and having an email address. Now, if I think about back in 2000, looking forward, it would have been impossible at the time to have predicted what that would then enable. We, we would have really struggled, I think, to kind of understood that we would have this mobile internet and that we would have the mobile web and that we would have social media, which are all things that came over that 20-year period, which has fundamentally changed 
pretty much all aspects of business and all aspects of life. And we stand here now, the sort of, I keep saying the foothills of this paradigm shifting new epoch of technology and AI. And the rate at which this is accelerating is way faster than what we saw with the internet because the internet required humans to actually plug themselves in. Um, today, everyone is pretty much plugged in. So this technology kind of, kind of, kind of proliferate extremely quickly, which means I think we'll see in the next five years, the same sort of, um, uh, innovation impact disruption that we saw in the last 20 years. And, and that for me is really exciting, but you know, a little bit daunting as well because and again, I'll, I'll shut up in a minute. I realize this is a bit of a, um, a monologue, uh, but you did open with a big question. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, if I, if I, what I can see coming is, you know, I think we will live it. We will, we will inhabit a world where we can eat meat without killing animals, where we live in a world where the cost of energy may be zero and could well be abundant. We live probably in a much more digital plus physical world, sort of operating symbiotically to kind of enhance our experiences. We live in a world where we will predict and then prevent disease versus waiting for us to get sick and trying to figure out how we fix it. And we will live in a world where I think education will be way more abundant, accessible, but more importantly, impactful to the individual because it will be more tailored to their needs. Um, these are all uh, examples where technology will create more abundance and should create more prosperity for all. So I'm excited. Well, so it's a great answer to what was, I understand, a really quite a big question. Um, and like the whole idea of a coalescence of different technologies coming together, and that's what we're on the brink of. Um, I just want to zero in on like one of those technologies, although it's quite a big one. So obviously, since the introduction of ChatGPT at the end of last year, there seems to have been a huge wave of interest in AI. How do you think AI will affect Edelman specifically? First up, and going back to my earlier point, like AI is, is a paradigm-shifting technology in moment. Um, and, it, and if I think about how much of an impact on our business the sort of the digital era you know internet and social media had you know most people working in Edelman today are doing jobs very different to to the jobs we were doing at the end of the 90s um, I expect with the acceleration of AI and and its increasing improvement and adoption within in an enterprise environment the the roles the tasks will also change and there'll be many new opportunities, new lines of business, new products, new innovations that we'll be able to bring to bear for clients. Um, so it's going to it's going to tremendously impact our business, but it will tremendously impact all businesses, all governments and all societies. I think ultimately for us, our productivity and therefore the value that we bring to clients will, will be enhanced. Um, as I said earlier, I think it will create new opportunities for innovation and products um, and solutions that our clients need. Uh, either enhancing what we already do or providing solutions to some of the problems that you know, generative AI may cause the media and communications market, right? Um, and at the same time, I think it will lead to a bit of a reimagining of, of the roles and the tasks that all our people do in, in the work. So yeah, it's going to be tremendously impactful. Um, ultimately, I believe 
in a in a net net positive sure. way. Well, just talking about how the impact of AI will manifest itself, there's been a lot of talk about the need to regulate AI. What are your thoughts about the regulation of AI in general? How what that might that look like? It seems like an uncontrollable beast at times. Um, and who or what will control those regulations? Look, this is a really tricky one. Um, I'll give you my personal view right now based on the information I have available to me. Um, but I, I hope, yeah, put on record that my, my view may change. Right now, I think attempting to regulate AI is a, is a fool's errand. Um, there's just no way our political systems can move in any way fast enough to truly have a meaningful impact in how this technology proliferates and develops, particularly because it's a technology that is almost as open source as it is proprietary. Um, the European kind of AI Act that that there was much kind of fanfare from the European Union about, uh, which went through kind of the first first stages of being cleared. I mean, that's that. If if it finally gets kind of approved, it won't come into in. They won't be able to enforce it until twenty twenty six. I mean, that's how fast our political system can can move, which isn't fast enough. But but I actually also think that regulating the technology isn't actually and never really is the right approach. I, I, I think legislating for the harms of the technology um, is. And and actually, we, we have a pretty good legal framework already in existence. It just probably needs to be better enforced to ensure the, the harms or potential harms of the technology are kind of managed in the right way. Um, that being said, I mean, we still need to probably improve and update some of those legislations. You know, copyright law, for example, is completely out dated and, and doesn't really it's not really in all honesty fit for purpose in a, in a in a world of digital let alone in a world of ai and i think some of the cases that are going through the u.s courts right now kind of need to go through the u.s courts to to sort of get a sense of um precedent um that we can then start to shape kind of new laws um i often sort of think of uh, one of you know, a good friend of the firm uh, and 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 a super smart man, way smarter than me, Benedict Evans. That he, he often sort of talks a bit about sort of regulation of technology, a bit like if we'd regulated the car. If we'd regulated the car, we'd all be driving around in square boxes that don't go above ten miles per hour. Um, actually, what you needed to do was think about the in- impacts of cars that then led to, you know laws around having seat belts or passing particular safety standards or having speed limits on the roads. Um, I think that's probably where we need to sort of get to with thinking about regulating or legislating for the technology of AI. I personally believe you should let the technology develop. That's so interesting. I never thought about it in, as an analogy to, to cars. That's a really interesting way of looking at it. So, Justin, I, I saw that you were excited by the prospect of AI-driven neurotechnology. Can you talk to us briefly on what AI-driven neurotechnology is, what it looks like, and its implications for the future? Wow. Was, was I excited about it? Okay. Um, I'm, I'm excited about all technology. Um, well, I'm such a 
fanboy of tech all up. Um, uh, what can I say about this one? I mean, this is super interesting, right? I mean, this is the there are a number of companies uh, that are relatively advanced in testing or looking to bring elements of this technology to market. Probably the most famous of them is is Neuralink because Elon's involved, but there are actually a, a whole host of other players, um, some of which are probably further along. Um, and in essence, this is the idea that you can, through through the sophistication of AI and the uh, sort of sensor technology we now have, you you in essence could control uh, a computer with your mind, uh, and and ultimately this is you know organizations thinking about putting some 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 sort of element of hardware or sensors and chips into into the head enables you to be augmented by you know technology right and, and and actually where AI is pretty good at the moment from from moving this space forward is the ability to consume huge amounts of information and spot patterns which in essence is kind of how our brain works right our, our neurochemistry is firing up loads of different synapses and and to the human, to the human eye, that just looks like a lot of noise. But when you run it through a machine, it can spot patterns, which, which means it's very possible for someone to, you know, think about an object or think about a movement, and the technology to understand that that's what they were thinking about. So, current use cases and where this technology is, I think, profoundly impactful right now is actually helping individuals that have some sense of paralysis um, to to now better communicate or 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 to move robotic limbs almost with as much dexterity as moving the hand that they perhaps don't have function of um, or potentially had lost and and there are you know many great videos already available online of, of this technology working I think obviously there is you then sort of can extrapolate or fast forward into future decades the idea that as this technology improves, becomes smaller, cheaper, faster, you know, how digitalization works, you know, would we potentially get to the point where where everyone wants a chip in their head or some form of technology enables them to sort of think um, rather than to speak? or to manually control the technology. Um, I do think that future is some way out. And again, there are still you know, big, question, big questions around whether that would ever be something people would want. Um, and, and obviously, some potentially some of the ethical considerations of it as well. Um, but that's, that's, that, that's what the, the science is. I mean, I think for me, I, I view, view it today as a, a tech for good. This is you know, helping to give mobility um, and communication back to uh, members of the population that otherwise wouldn't have it. Absolutely. Um, so my next question is that we know from the Edelman 20, 2023 Trust Barometer that media is one of the least trusted institutions globally. Do you think there's potential for tech to help address this lack of trust in media going forward? Um, well, firstly, uh, well done, Jaden, for uh, getting trust into into. <laughs> Into a conversation. Uh, well done. Um, high five with that. Um, uh, again, I believe in my thesis that technology is ultimately a power for good. Then, then my my response would be: I certainly hope so. Um, I think it's. I think trust in media is a complex issue. Uh, 
again, because it's sometimes hard to sort of really understand what we mean by that. Is it is it people trusting what they read as being right? Or is it trust in a particular type of media over another type of media? Or is it a belief that media, like journalism, cannot be trusted? You know, the whole kind of Donald Trump kind of fake news, etc. Uh, it's quite a complex it's quite a complex issue to understand where where that sort of trust trust dynamic sits, but but I do think tech can probably help with many of those. But but I, but I would say I think I, I think you know how do I say this in the right way? I actually think things may get a little bit worse before they get better because I actually believe what we're going to see with generative AI and, and and the proliferation of AI more broadly, we will see a we will we'll, I think we actually may see a return um, to uh, trust in in media, uh, but I think, as I said, it will get worse before it gets better because we are on this cusp of um, what I sort of keep referring to is the infinite content. In, in essence, with generative AI, the marginal cost of production of content is now pretty much fallen to zero. Uh, and when that falls to zero, you, in essence, anyone can create content. In essence, the 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 sort of the content environment around the traditional consumer is just going to get way, way noisier. And let's be honest, it's really noisy now, right? Like there's so much choice you know, to, to where people put their attention that for a media property, it, it's, you know, in the short form, I think it could get a lot harder, right? Because AI is going to create a lot of content. There may even be AI run media companies out there. But, but I think as consumers realize that there's going to be a lot of, how do I say this, pardon my French crap, uh, content out there. I do think people will start to realize that actually if they want to get something um, authoritative, trustworthy, and, and generally informative, I think there could be a return to what I'd call the banner. And what I mean by that is, is actually people seeking out and knowing that they are on a trusted media platform like their websites or their or dare I say even potentially return to the to print media uh, which I which I do think may be in for a bit of a resurgence as a result of this coming wave of uh, content so I think we'll see this sort of return to the banner the other the other sort of I think potential benefit to the media industry that could help with this sort of trust component and potentially improve monetization is actually, I think the, with, with the rise of, and we would have seen probably just last week, you know, Alexa now becoming a bit smarter because of generative AI, expect it with Siri. Um, people are using chat GPT increasingly as a, as a companion, or if you're using uh, Pi from inflection AI. Increasingly, people are going to be using their AI assistants as a way to find and and, and have their information curated. Um, and and I think if you sort of speak to some of the companies that 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 in essence are tweaking the black box of the algorithms, and they start to sort of have conversations around, well, how will we know? How does our system make a decision when someone asks Pi or ChatGPT or Bard or Siri? Um, what is the best Hoover? Um, the, the AI will ultimately look to try to service, you know, surface an answer. And I think in those cases, I think the signals around around the product 
they will be definitely putting more weight in behind journalistic editorial coverage. Um, and, and therefore, I think we will see this potential opportunity for media as the AI starts to give further weight of importance to their content. And then last, but by no means least, um, I'm still long on blockchain um, and Web3. And, and, I, and I do think that they, those technologies um, that will come um, will also provide some quite interesting abilities to ensure the media can sort of label or, or think about their their content as being original and, and, and trustworthy. Um, so yeah, look, a long answer to the short question, uh, Jaden, but but I, but I think tech can show up in many ways to to potentially help with these trust issues in media. I actually think the future looks bright for media. That's brilliant. And I, I like the way you said it, it might get a bit worse before it gets better because I think there's a bit of scepticism about, about it all at the minute. But um, I think with what you've said, there is more than enough reason to be optimistic about it. Um, finally, a bit of a sort of more fun question to end on. Could you please give uh, five words to describe your global vision for the future of tech? It doesn't need to be a sentence. They can be five completely separate words if, if that's easier. Uh, I'm going to break the rules, but that's how I've lived my career. Um, done okay with breaking the rules. I'm going to give you six. Um, and this is more about how I think about technology more broadly. And it, it's tomorrow will be better than today. Um, the future driven by technology, when you look at it from a large enough macro view, is 100% better than it was 50 years ago. It's 100% better than it was 100 years ago. It's certainly a lot better than it was 300 years ago. Um, I, I believe that you know technology will ultimately create a much better world for us all. What a brilliant note to end on. Justin, thanks for joining us on the show. And a big thank you to you for listening to this episode of Sideload. Don't forget to follow the podcast on your favorite podcast player. Just search Edelman UK. And if you want to get in touch, send an email to sideload at edelman.com. Goodbye.